You're listening to the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast with Matt and Rich. Anyway, what is up, guys? AZ Sports Guy here, and I am here with Richie for episode, what, 46, 48, 52 of the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast. 3,200. We're in the tanks. We're in the rebuilds. We have no idea what's going on. So what we're going to do is we're going to just try to navigate our way through an unplanned podcast the same way Twitter seems to react to a four-year-old child. Let's get into it. Very solid. I appreciate that <laughs> meme. Anyway, so uh, Clayton Keller apparently got some goals in the All-Star game, and people expect me to care. Uh, not that anyone's like added me, oh, did you see this goal? But I was going to assume someone's going to ask. I want to preemptively say it right now. I don't watch the All-Star game. I don't think I've watched an All-Star game since Donor and Donor Jr. were at one of the All-Star games years ago. Yeah. Was it the one in Columbus? Or it, The jerseys kind of looked vaguely like Columbus's, and they always kind of do that. Like this weird All-Star jersey this year where it had like the Miami Vice colors. And my wife loved the pink. She was like, oh my god, it looks so great. I'm like, that's cool. Glad you like it. I, I don't get it. I was always a GTA San Andreas guy, not a Vice City guy, and the the kind of neon lights have never really appealed. Minus in like Infamous Second Son, neon lights and that were pretty cool in the the neon yeah. powers. But I'm getting way off topic for a hockey podcast, so we're not going to talk about the All Star Game. They're boring. No one tries, and it, it's like the whole cringe. Oh hey, look at this nice shootout goal, which was pretty good by like Sarah Nurse, for example. But I'm like, no one was trying. And, yep. and it's like, there's nothing to talk about. It's like, yeah, it's a nice move, but if anyone was trying, it would have looked a lot cooler, just straight up. So we're not talking about the All-Star game. They're boring. I, I want to get that out of the way now. I think I could speak for Richie on this one. Official Desert Moon Hockey stamp of All-Star games kind of suck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know why people watch this. Like, I, I, don't, I haven't watched it in decades. <laughs> I, I literally haven't watched it in a long time. I just, I don't feel like wasting my time. I, I don't know. That's what it is. Like, I, the, other is. Other thing, the other thing that, like, I, you know, I saw, like, the clips that were posted about Keller uh-huh. and, on, like, the 30-second clips, and that's pretty much all the coverage that I got. Um, were any of the women allowed to play in the All-Star game? Or only no, the it's, it's only the games in the skills competition. It's, they've been doing it. I think it's for the last three or four years uh, to try to expand the game, get more eyeballs on women's hockey, which is it's a cool initiative. But you know what would be cooler? And again, I'm not saying make them all try 110 percent because you got a lot of big like six foot four, six foot five monsters. I don't want to see anyone getting hurt. But like actually let them scrimmage against the women. Yeah, or that's have, like, two of the like the better like have like a women's all star game as well. Like hey. If you want to include them in the festivities, great. The skills competition, I think, is a pretty cool idea if people are trying. Because, again, that Forsberg goal would have been, would have been pretty impressive. If, what was it, Igor in that? Is Igor or Ilya Sorokin? I forget which one. I think it was Igor. If the goalie was trying, it would have been impressive. But the problem is everyone's just having a good time. They're all just kind of having fun with it. But, like, if you actually have, like, an actual competition with people that want to be there and the, the women's all-stars, hell yeah, would want to be there. Straight up, so it's like you actually let them have a women's all star game or like more intense, like competent, like skills competitions of guys that actually want to be there and try. You're gonna get more eyeballs, and it's gonna be more entertaining. I, I, uh, I don't know why they don't have four women and put one on each division and add them to the roster. It's not like anyone's hitting, it's not like mm-hmm. anyone's you know doing anything un, um, unprofessional or anything like that. Like, 
I don't get why they don't have, you know, at least one woman on each divisional team. I mean, it would be also like the amount of guys that don't want to be there that would rather have the vacation or whatever. So the extra slots they have NHL All-Stars going in, just take a few away and let some of the women All-Stars yep. play. Because it's like they would actually want to be there. And also, like, look at the, that one of the, the second or first killer goal. I f- forget. It doesn't really matter. Whenever he got that breakaway, the goalie didn't try. The defenseman got, stopped skating. And again, it's an All-Star game. I don't expect you to go all out. All right? I don't even care if you do. But it also is kind of showing that the All-Star game is a joke environment. No one's trying. So no one's going to get hurt. So have more fun with it. Hell, even try to reach out to, like, uh, different Euro players. Maybe if, if the seasons aren't going on or they're on a break or something, like maybe Euro free agents or guys like that. Like, bring in more different people to make the All-Star game a little more entertaining because then you'll have a couple people like the women, the the Euro guys, that would be trying a little bit. They're not going to headhunt. No one's getting hit. No one's getting injured. But it would make it a little more entertaining because you have people that want to be there, there. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. But that's not profitable. That's like you don't want to have a good product. You just want to have the name so people show up and, and try to get an autograph. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they can do with the All-Star game to actually make it relevant again. It's uh, pretty bad. I don't know. <laughs> I think that, like, the the... The captains picking teams was a lot cooler years back. But, oh, no, you know, somebody gets picked last. And it's just like, who cares? Like, do the car thing. Then they get a free car and they can donate the car to whoever. Like, I I don't know. I just don't. Or if you really want to go for that younger audience, make it like uh, whoever gets picked last gets to, like, pick five random people on their socials. Like, get, like, a 30-90. Like, have some damn fun and reach out to the youngins yeah yeah i mean hell i, I would watch y'all start game for a chance at that like i got a 3060 but like 3090 is a little out of the price range or like if nvidia actually expects the 40 series to sell be like hey we'll throw in a 4060 or something yeah yeah that would be <laughs> handing out <laughs> graphics cards to the all-star game that's some real progressive stuff right there you gotta make it more accessible hey you know what Hey, whoever gets picked last, you get to pick a small town that gets all of their hockey pads paid for because hockey is one of the most expensive sports. Actually, I think it's the most. Or you it, get to pick like a, a rank or like an entire program or something. It's got to be up there. I mean, lacrosse would probably be sort of similar, although Maybe, they don't have I feel like blades. lacrosse has less padding. So yeah. it's like you, you have a little bit less padding. The sticks are it's theoretically cheaper because I think they're just aluminum. But I know hockey went over to... Uh, some sort of like composite stick a while ago. Wood sticks haven't been a thing forever, but it's like lacrosse has to be a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, like soccer, it's the most popular sport in the world. You don't even need the cleats unless you're going to play like any sort of like organizational level. And yeah. you can just, here's a ball, go play. Basketball, same thing. Football, some pads, sure, but you can just kind of play around with just the ball. Hockey, you minimum need a stick. You probably should have gloves because your hands are going to get blister but just a stick and a ball and where are you going to find those well let's just say in arizona even though hockey's growing uh you can go to behind the mask and overpay for an on ice stick you can go to goodwill and look for a used up stick blade that's like this thin or you could go to like what is it i got a couple sticks at dick sporting goods a couple times and then they immediately like nothing's there anymore there's the one at arrowhead 
And then mm-hmm. I got a couple of sticks at five below, and I haven't seen them since. And I'm like, hey, five bucks, that's a great price. They were solid quality sticks. This is not sponsored. I, I really just enjoyed those sticks. I'm also biased. I'm a right-hand shot, and the one I had before was a lefty. Uh, I could shoot both, I guess, but natural lefty because donors are righty I forced myself to be a righty and now it feels weird to shoot left but like very limited options and unless you want to go spend like again like 150 bucks on an on ice stick that you're going to ruin and and that's that's like uh, to me it's like watering your computer to clean it uh, yep. <laughs> don't do that <laughs> yep I uh, I don't know how they can bring the price down i think that we need to find better sticks personally you know the most expensive tool in the game is the stick and i feel like we need to make more affordable sticks uh if we're going to want to push our game to uh actually be able to compete with all the other sports well the thing i liked about those sticks from five below is and I always, when I had when I was skating on the ice, I, I think it was Maro after Joe Sackick stick. But I had a wood stick, and mm-hmm. I always preferred that it's a wood stick with like a little you know plastic tip. And theoretically, you should be able to swap it out if you need to. But it's got this weird like you, you hammer it in with a nail, and I feel like that kind of isn't as sturdy. But I also could just be an idiot. But uh, go back to wood, or make wood more available for like street hockey and stuff, or try to put and promote street hockey more because rollerblades theoretically are cheaper than ice skates though when i was trying to get back into the market for rollerblades it's either you go on ebay you get them for 40 bucks and they'll break after a month or you go anywhere else and pay like 150 to 200 and you'll get a nice pair and i'm like hey um can we have that medium like there's a lot of parallels i think because uh, my one of my expertise has to be the gaming industry between like how like hockey and we used to have like triple A indie and like those double A like mid tier games. There is no more mid tier games anymore. It feels like even though there kind of is hockey pads. There's no mid tier option. There's no hey we're gonna find a way to make it cheaper. Uh, it's not gonna be like the greatest quality, but they're gonna be solid. No, there is. It's either nerf or nothing. You're paying a ridiculous amount for your pads. And especially, like, with how expensive kids are in general. Hey, every year, you remember going, trying to go shopping wherever you went shopping to get a new outfit or two for the school year. Imagine that, but with pads that are anywhere between, I think my dad got a deal for 100 bucks for my pads when I was 13, and I never replaced any of them. Mm-hmm. And then when I grew out, I just grew out. So imagine that. Let's take the base price of optimistically 100 but that's me being so optimistic. I think it's like triple that. And just that every single year. Most yeah. people can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why we need more programs like what we've been seeing where, you know, you you just essentially rent the pads and then you can just move up with each year, like we're seeing with the Coyotes programs and whatnot, I think that's our best approach. Because um, nobody wants to buy, like you're saying, $300 worth of pads that your child's going to grow out of in six months. It's it's so unobtainable because even like, we'll go back to soccer or football. Oh, new cleats once every maybe season, couple of seasons. It's not that pricey. If you You can make it pricey. Anything we talk about... You can make pricey. You can make PC gaming the cheapest, most budget-friendly thing ever, or you can have a $2,000 PC in the corner that you almost never turn on except for to play modded Skyrim. 
there there is a range of what you could do. Yep. Oh yeah. So <laughs> we, we, right. we need to find a way to make things cheaper, and I think like wood sticks are good. Pushing roller hockey should also be good, though. A lot of the learn to skate stuff, like at uh, even though I work at Mullet Arena, so there's your disclosure, uh, like the the iceplex does there. It's also really popular. Getting people to know how to skate properly is really good because I still can't stop on ice skates, and whenever I do, I dig in my heel like I used to with rollerblades because I grew up just rollerblading everywhere. And as much as I love rollerblades, I'm pretty sure it's bad practice for your blades and the ice to just dig it in on the heel like that. Yeah, yeah, you got to learn how to you got to learn how to uh, hockey stop. Dude, uh, for the longest time, if I needed to stop, I would just go as fast as I could into the boards. I'm like, it'll have a little bit of cushion for me. It'll have a little bit of give. <laughs> that is so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever say I made smart decisions? Ever uh, once on this podcast. <laughs> I guess that is true. I don't think you ever have. I will say, though, if you're looking to make uh, smart decisions, you should definitely give us a uh, like, a follow, a subscription oh on good. whatever platform you're listening <laughs> to a song. Uh, you know, and make sure if you're listening to us audibly, uh, check us out on YouTube because uh, people like visuals and stuff. I don't know, but yeah, we're on we're on YouTube as well, so feel free to check us out there. And also, spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> uh, all right, Bob Barker, relax. <laughs> you're gonna get it, Bobby. I guess the price was wrong. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're going so far off. Uh, but let's just talk some puck, talk some hockey. Uh, so, uh, Alexander Ovechkin to the Coyotes confirmed. Connor McDavid also coming over. All star game in Phoenix, and everyone just stays here when they like instead of leaving. I uh, I'm curious to know how that'll go down because we're talking about how like all star games have been kind of crap the past couple mm-hmm. of years. Like how how would the Coyotes go about not making a crappy all-star game i know far too much so i had to be very careful when i talk they would find a way to mess it up oh. just just that's all <laughs> no they, they would find a way um speaking of finding a way to mess things up let's go ahead and talk about that tempe arena actually now that I, i'm reminded of that uh so the the disinformation campaign's already started Yep. Uh, Richie, thank you for bringing that part to my attention. Uh, TLDR with that two hundred million, isn't it essentially like a? Uh, that's a tax lien, isn't it? Where it's still like the Coyotes are paying for it. Yeah, I have to look back into it, but essentially, wh- the way it goes down is that yes, they're going to be given, you know, um, they're not going to be paying on this money. Uh, but like the people that go there to spend their money at the like the the, um, uh, the entertainment district, uh, they, you'll be given an extra like surcharge tax on your items there, and that's what's going to pay towards that two hundred million. So, so like, like if you if you guys know it, it is it could technically be considered like tax money, but it's not tax money it's not your property yeah. tax it's not yeah. your sales tax at tempe marketplace or downtown you know or mill ave it's literally just in this little bubble but of course like, the, like they have to make it sound as bad as possible and the coyotes are doing a terrible job at fighting back against that but just so that way we keep reinforcing this mm-hmm. it, it's not real like tax money 
it's no. just, it's a separate because that if you in their Ted district. Yeah, if you don't support the uh, if you don't support the um, entertainment district and you're a taxpayer of Tempe, you are on the hook for zero dollars for this. You literally As it should be. Yeah, you're literally on the hook for zero dollars, and um, yeah, it's just uh, the the misinformation campaigns have been going hard and. They should have known that this was going to happen, and they need to, uh, you know, step up their. Well, it's also their efforts. Kind of get into what was it? Randy Keating is his name. Randy, or am I just in my terrible memory? Uh, but the council member was on with Craig Morgan, Steve Peters, and uh, I think Leah was there too. Uh, when PHNX, and they were talking about this arena proposal. And one of the funniest quotes he had was like, "Well, it's not my arena." Very much like keeping his like as you should as a public figure being as, like, disconnected and unbiased as you possibly can. Like, hey, we did our negotiating. We can't endorse or speak out against this, and, like, I, I can't appreciate that. It's rare when you actually see people in, in those positions sticking to what their duties are. Yeah. Uh, but you're talking about how you're seeing the people who are against this arena proposal, they're very well organized, and they've already started kind of mobilizing the troops, if you will. Whereas he mentioned from his perspective, he doesn't see the Coyotes doing that. And that's kind of what I'm alluding to when I said the Coyotes will find a way to mess it up and I know too much. Uh, because I pay attention to stuff like this. I, I'll, I'll, I'll watch these interviews. I'll read the articles. I'll do whatever. And if I happen to hear a couple of whispers, I hear a couple of whispers. And while I have nothing particular on this specific minus this interview, um, it's pretty consistent with how the Coyotes seem to always fumble these situations and it's like i know my biggest advice was shut up don't do anything dumb but also get in the community keep everyone informed and for some reason it seems like that second part of that they're having a hard time doing and mm -hmm. look you have to show you want to be in tempe you have to make it clear you tempe resident as you're knocking door to door or whatever your property tax, your sales tax, going to the grocery store, or when you buy something online or whatever, that is not going to this. If you do not like this arena, you're not paying for it. If you do like this arena and you go to spend money in this district, it is only within the, the lines of this district, then you will pay for it. And this is how you can support it. And this is how you can be informed and vote yes on this. And the thing is, I think they got too cocky with those those early polls being what it was anywhere between 60 and 67 percent or something like that it was you know mid to high 60s it was a solid number of people that supported it and they see that okay you don't have to do anything anymore what do you mean you don't have to do anything anymore like you need you need to go out there and, and do your job yeah like, what are you doing if you want to be here then go out there and do it. if you don't want to be here go to gary bettman and say hey we talk to houston Hey, Quebec's got an arena. If you don't want to be here, just tell us. I, I know you're supposed to be professional. You're supposed to be, well, we have to try to make it work here. I get it. But look, I've been a fan of this team too long. I love this team way too much. All right, I, So much of like of, of my formative years was just loving this team. All right, And just like revolving around this. If you're going to pull the plug and you don't want to be here, just be honest. Just say it. But if you don't want to be here, go out there and show me. Because you should not, like, the kind of people that are against this are idiots. Because they take advantage of well-meaning, misinformed individuals that don't want their tax dollars going to a billionaire's playground. And I agree with that. 
stadiums, if you want all this revenue, all this control, whatever, you should be on the hook for it. That's logical. 100% completely agree with that. But the problem is we're taking the bad examples of this or that or that building and saying, oh, this is the exact same thing when it's literally to its fundamental core built differently. Because also, what is it? It was a different uh, – it's unlike the other buildings are not exempt from property tax. So Tempe is still getting all this money, and then there's a lot of trying to reroute uh, their property tax, a portion of it, to going back into paying for the building – but uh, I forget which percentage it was. It was I, I want to make sure I'm getting this as, as correct as it's been explained to me, but I'm not the smartest individual. I do apologize. But it's essentially, if you're taking $100 in, in the Coyotes property tax here, just to keep the numbers as low as possible, they want like 30 bucks or 40 bucks going back into this system so everything gets paid for and it's all good. But it's only there because the Coyotes put an arena there. They built it they're generating revenue that's the only reason why that tax revenue would exist it's not coming from you or the fries down the road or the, the small business like and and there's also was it uh, they have to still pay for was it is, is the entire 30 years like it's not like property tax exempt they have to pay their property taxes they're actually making sure taxes must be paid and collected and it's like it's actually a really good deal like look the city of tempe is not dumb they're they're just, they're not. It's literally one of the fastest growing. It's one of the more well maintained and ran cities in the state. They're not dumb. They wouldn't approve of this and say this is good enough to show to the voters if it was like, yeah, we know we're gonna get uh, Oakland or we're gonna get whatever. Like they they wouldn't do that. And this from me who very much despises uh the the modern government. And I want I will put a period there and end it there. That should be saying a lot that I actually have faith in this council and how they ran this city. Yep. So I'm like, it, it's actually a good proposal. And the Coyotes, it's it's not my job to do whatever I can to inform you, but I, I still will because I love the team and I, I support having the facts out there. But how the hell is it that, that some fat idiot in his office with a, a, a snoring dog over here uh, – it can say that and make sure they keep the record straight and put in that effort. But you guys can't, and allegedly you're the ones that want to be here. Yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I just let you stand on the soapbox and, and let you go. So I I think that if, you know, we're a few months away, we're still like, what, two months away? Yeah, they, two and a half. They definitely need to start combating this misinformation campaign or else they could potentially see this uh you know let's fall apart people are very gullible unfortunately that's just the way our world is and uh they need to start pushing their message figure out a game plan and get it done and it's like and and mayor cory woods even confirmed it it's a very definitive statement this is our proposal we're bringing to our voters if they vote no, that is their decision, and that is that. And it's three separate proposals. I think one is for the sale, one's zoning, and one's for the project to go forward. I think is how it broke down because I didn't realize until it, they I was they were showing these little videos on on the Mullet Arena, you know, jumbotron. It was like breaking down how it's three different ones. I'm like so, it, that's how I think it breaks down. But that I'm the least knowledgeable about which what's on each individual proposal. I'm also not a Tempe city resident so i couldn't vote on it anyway 
but it's three separate proposals. If any of those three fail at all, the deal is is gone, and they will not renegotiate because they did their negotiation. They presented what they think is the best possible, you know, scenario they can come up with that they think is fair, which I think it really is, and presented it. And if the voters say no, you're done. Yes, there are other cities. Yes, you can uh, ask to build on on reserve land that's pretty much right across the street from where you want to be anyway. You can ask to do that. That is an option you do have. But the problem is then if if you're not going to take it seriously and you're banking on that in the back of your mind because you're so arrogant that, oh, no, they'll vote yes. Like They, they really love us here. I'm like you got to convince them to love you here, not that they do. And also, like you were saying with the gullible, literally the Sky Harbor had that stupid little campaign in Scottsdale. And if you actually read the quotes from some of the residents, one of them was like, oh, I don't think it's fair that, that the city of Tempe can vote on stuff that affects us, when it literally wouldn't. And in order to reroute those flight paths, there's like an entire bureaucracy to get there, like a process in order to do it. And they wouldn't have done it. It was literally a bluff. And yeah. that was enough to convince some people because all you got to do is ha- is look professional and say, hey, this is happening, and most people will believe it. Even I sometimes fall into that camp because I'm also kind of an idiot. I just do my best to try to un-idiot myself. So it's like, it's frustrating. And I, I, I shouldn't hear a single negative story about this team in any context, be it they're being lazy with this arena or they kicked a puppy on Mill Ave on December 31st, 1972. Like, I shouldn't hear a single negative thing. It should be like everything is perfect, everything is great. Oh, hey, they were doing this in the community yesterday. Hey, you know, they were going door to door and the numbers are going back up. Hey, um... They were they just they threw a barbecue out front of the of Mullet Arena on a random day so a bunch of the students can come hang out and get some free food. I don't know. I don't care. I, I don't care what the the random example is. I shouldn't be hearing stuff like they're being lazy about this. I shouldn't be hearing stuff like, oh, they're you know, kicking the puppy in Mill Ave or whatever. Like I mm-hmm. that's not a real story. That's why I said nineteen seventy two. That's that's not a real story. But it's like yeah. the apathy and the mismanagement should not be a thing at all. In, under any circumstances, at all. Yep. Yeah, I so, agree. I'm just mad. I'm just. I don't know why you'd spend all this life. money on on <laughs> you know all the all the uh, efforts that have gone in so far. You know those those um, CAD files, all that stuff. Like that stuff's not cheap. It's very expensive. All the labor stuff that they've done to get this deal up to this point. And they're not, they, they need to start dishing out money in order to, you know, stop the misinformation. It, it you know, it's, it's annoying. I, I, I completely, you know, I agree with that. It's, it's really annoying having to correct misinformation, but you know, if you, if you want to win, you're going to have to do it. So it There's is what it is. Stuff in life you don't want to do. Like mm-hmm. it, it, in that perfect utopia should you have to to go to work so you could feed your family? Should you have to leverage X amount of hours of your life just so you can bring home the bacon? Th- sure, in this idealized, you know, like utopia, sure, you shouldn't have to, but I have to. Because yeah. if I want food, the people that produce the food, then that ship it and sell the food, they all got to get paid because they also got families to feed. So it's like, I don't want to have to get up and go to work and drive 45 minutes, but you know what? I'm going to because... I'm an adult, and I got adult responsibilities. If you want this arena built 
act like an adult and go handle your business. There's always going to be idiots. There's always going to be detractors. Like that one idiot that was like filming after the proposal was voted yes to go to referendum. And mm-hmm. just like filming everyone in, in the building. Oh, they, they all work for the coyotes. Can't you see? Look at these nice suits. And like the people on one side, like a quarter of those people openly opposed it. And we're just hanging out afterwards and everyone's talking because just because you don't agree on X issue doesn't mean you think the person should die or something. So like they were all just conversing afterwards and getting ready to leave. But that was apparently like people actually believe that people actually thought like people like her make sense and are logical. Like, it's not ideal. It's not the thing we all want to do. Sure, yes, you shouldn't have to devote $2 million, right, to to a campaign to combat misinformation. Well, guess what? Uh, Again, you can crap in one hand and wish in the other, which is going to fill up first. You're an adult. Do your job. Get this arena done. Because if this arena doesn't go through, I don't care what, what other options there are. The reasoning it wouldn't go through is going to leave a bad taste in my mouth. And I probably wouldn't openly support the next project because it would probably end up the exact same way. You got one chance to prove to me you actually want to be here because I've been I've been through enough of the we want we're going to keep the team here. Here's a new ownership group. We're going to do it right. I've been through enough of that. Get your mm-hmm. job done. If you want to be here, do it. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me you're going to stop hitting me. Stop hitting me. All right. Well, if you uh, have been listening up to this point in the podcast, I uh, hope you've j- enjoyed um, what Matt's been talking about, and hopefully it has not triggered any PTSD moments. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, make sure to uh, give the uh, podcast a like, a follow, subscription on, on whatever you're listening to. I'd really appreciate it. Or leave us a comment, you know, say hello, say peanut butter. Just say peanut butter in the comments. That's, that's all you need. Bada I bing, just bada want boom. one more person to add us on Twitter and ask to join the Weak Chin Society. I, I don't think you realize, sir, that, that asked, like, within 45 minutes of the episode going up. Uh, that meant something because that tells me people actually, like, listen. <laughs> like, yeah. like, actually listen. Like, that was funny. That was cool. You get a gold star and there's three members. We need some more. We need to... We need to have a, a an army that will roll out. We'll all get customized kachinas and go door to door as the weak chin society. We'll we'll be the door knockers for the coyotes to actually get this arena deal done. <laughs> anyway, so now that I, I got off Matt's soapbox, I really need to stop being lazy and just make that our weekly segment. But uh, yeah. I I, I want to talk about this team a little more. Okay. I want to keep looking to the future. We, we've done a lot of, of, of discussion talking about who's going to get moved, you know, who's whatever, uh, what this team's going to look like. What is your vision of this team next year from the perspective of young kids, what roles they're going to have if they're going to make the team, and uh, a, a type of veteran you think they're going to bring in? Like, I'm not saying name a name because we're not get, getting Bo Scorvat or Dylan Larkin, like, you know. Nothing like that, but I, like the I'll, role of guy you want to see. I'll, I will say this. It will be another Nick Bugstad type. It is not going to be um, Dylan Larkin or Borhorvat. As fun as it would be to say, like, we, we, we could get them, I don't think that next year is the time in which we would... Uh, sorry, this offseason would be the time in which we would go out and get a big ticket free agent like that. I think that 
the year for that is going to be the year after when Austin Matthews comes home. <laughs> nope. Um, because, I mean, like, you, you don't want to blow the bag too soon. You yeah. Know? Like, you, you don't, you don't want to be locked up in this one guy. And let's just say Gunther scores 35 next year because he's looked good. He's had a little bit of inconsistencies. We talked about it. He's 19. He'll get over it. Like, we're, we're not sweating it. Yeah. So, scores, he pots 35 next year. He has one more year left on the ELC. How much do you think he's going to get paid? Cooley comes up. Let's just say he comes in next year. He pots 15. You know, he, he's looking pretty good. He's still developing. You know he's going to be a 25, 30-goal scorer. How much are you going to pay him? Yep. You got you got to plan it out. And, and B.A., uh, despite the fact that we have the most cap space right now, we could have signed any free agent on a one-year contract. It's like we don't have all that cap space. You know, yep. like when he was being very conservative and signing hate when signing this guy and that guy. It's like because he's trying to manage everything as properly as possible without having a shark situation where in the video games, when I can control the roster, everyone gets an eight-year contract for as little as I can pay him because I can make Michael Bunting a 99 overall making $1.1 million for the next six seasons. I can do that because it's a video game. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're in real life, you don't want to have – Mark Edward Vlasic, uh, Vander Kane, Logan Kocher, Joe Pavelski, three other guys all on like five, six years remaining. And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, if anything goes wrong, let's say these guys start to slow down a little bit or, uh, you know, they just weren't as good as you thought they were or the competition gets better and outplays you. Well, now you have no cap space to fix it. And they... they Play it patient. We've, we've been speaking patience this entire time with this rebuild because they're actually doing it right from the ground up, and you need to continue that. Again, remember how exciting it was? How excited were you when, when you got the news that Kessel and then Hall were coming to Arizona? Sorry, you cut out the news that what? Hall and Kessel came to Arizona. Like, how excited were you when that happened? Uh, I was pretty excited, I would say. You know, it, it felt like it was starting to legitimize our chances at Trying to go for the playoffs, I would say. Mm-hmm. I was so pumped. I'm like, Phil Kessel, that's a big name. And he's still producing. He was still a point-per-game guy at that point. Mm-hmm. That, that fall-off didn't happen until the next year. And the thing is, I should have been a little more skeptical on that hindsight's 2020. Taylor Hall elevated Connor Garland. I, everyone else has their opinions on him. Most people didn't like his time here. I don't really care about that because I think he was good for what I was looking for and what he ended up doing. But it wasn't good enough. And then guess what? Hall leaves in free agency. You can't get rid of Kessel, who puts in a trade request. And what could you do with that roster for the last year of Rick Tockett? You couldn't. You yep. literally, physically, could not. It was just it was a frozen roster at that point. You can bring in Pitlick, who I like. You can bring in Zizingle, who I like, but was injury prone. And that's about all the additions you can make. And then it was time to blow it up. Yep. So like. Be patient. They're doing it right, but mm-hmm. they need to continue to do it right. I don't. I still stand by. Say Bo, Bo Horvat doesn't get an offer he likes. Goes to free agency, and everyone's still cap strapped. So he he still can't get the offer he likes. Hey Arizona, give him one year. You know, ten yep. million dollars. I was literally just deadline. thinking that. <laughs> I was literally just thinking that. Yeah, like what we will see at free. Uh, not free agency. Yeah, free agency. What am I thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at free agency. Like, if there's ever going to be, like, a big, big ticket guy coming here, it'll only be for a year. And pulling the the Taylor Hall that he did with uh, Buffalo, where he signed for a year, got traded at the deadline to Boston, and then signed long-term at, at, in Boston. 
you know, something you know, that like gives that. You an extra year buffer because yeah. things will change. It's a fluid situation. Guys might get hurt. I have LTIR money that you didn't have at the start of the season. Hey, that Bo Horvat, if you retain half of it, you get even more value. Now, Bo Horvat would already get you decent value, but here's a little more for your troubles. Now it's a $5 million Bo Horvat for the year. And then, hey, you know what? We're acquiring him because he, he might fit into our long-term plans. Oh, wait, we have an, an $8.5, $9 million contract slot for the next six years. We can give him that offer. Like, that's what I wanted. Potential, that's what we were speculating with Kadri whenever that stupid you know rumor was, was thrown at us. We, yeah. we speculated that because it's, hey, you can bring in a guy that you're going to trade the deadline because he wants to control where he goes, but no one has the money to pay him right now or pay him what he wants. With Kadri, it ended up working out. But with you know the, the amount of free agents coming up this year, uh, it, it, it might not for some of these guys. So I'm like, hey, if you can, give him one year, overpay him a little bit, because with your retainment slot, you're retaining on an expiring contract. You get it right back the next year if you need it. You can get value for nothing. And a guy can still get paid what they are worth on the open market, and it's still player-friendly for the, the crowd that, for some reason, really needs to stick up for millionaires. Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So, yes, Bo, Bo Horvat to Arizona confirmed one year. <laughs> then we trade him for Austin Matthews. <laughs> one for one. The trade is one for one. <laughs> one for one, babe. You know what? You know what? Bo Horvat's been a fan favorite. He's been our captain a whole entire half season. Throw in Matthew Nyes for our troubles. Just th- throw him in there. <laughs> All right. Uh, being an idiot again. Anyway. Is there, is there anything else that you have to talk about? Or Well, we still want to talk about like the, the kids. Like what? What do you expect out of a lot of these kids next year? Okay. Like where where do you see Michelli? Do you see Cooley on the roster? Where do you see Gunner having a sophomore slump? I what what, what are your projections? So <laughs> this might be an unpopular opinion, but I mm-hmm. could see a few kids getting traded uh potentially next year. I feel like the roster that the amount of kids that we have coming up, I feel like we're running out of roster space for them. Call me crazy. Theoretical but. roster space. Because I still gotta actually crack the roster first. Well yeah, I'm just saying like if they do, like you know, there there's gonna be time where we're gonna be losing people. I think that like Carcone, he's gone. Like I don't think he's gonna resign yeah. here. I don't I think he's gonna wanna go somewhere where he can get a better chance at playing in the NHL. Like and honestly, he should be up right now. I, I'm tired of the argument of like, oh well he'd he he'd qualify for waivers. You have a healthy scratch spot with Zach Cassian's bald head etched into it. Play Carcone in your bottom six. I know Tucson needed the help, but Tucson's not going to make the playoffs. They started to bounce back a little bit. They are not good enough. Get yeah. the can next year. Figure it out next year. You'll get a couple extra talented young skaters. I think Julian Lutz might come over. Uh, there's a couple other guys that, that would be eligible that might be able to come over. Figure it out then. All right? This year is lost. You, you you built no consistency. It's the exact same as every other year. Start out hot, start sucking, get mediocre a little bit. You're probably going to fall out by next month. All right? Stop it. He's an NHLer. Bring him up. He's a bottom six slash middle six NHLer. He's not a first liner. He's not a consistent top sixer, but he's someone that can fill in on the second line if you need. He's got an NHL level shot. He should be playing up here. I don't want to make the same mistakes like we did with Bunting. 
where we had him in our system all this time when you could see that he could he had that potential at the NHL level when he actually looked back at his limited games and how he did play well. We just didn't know how well he was going to turn out. But I'm a I'm an idiot, you know, in an office. I am not the talent scout. I am not the coach. I am not the GM. All right, those people should be much more qualified than I am and should be able to recognize that much better than I could. One hundred percent. So a guy like Carcone should be up here. He should be an NHLer. End of discussion. And we're going to lose him for nothing. And we also might lose Nate Smith, essentially, for nothing. And he's finally started to turn it around and, like, really, like, get his game together in, in terms of the offensive production in Tucson. So it's like, you, you, you don't want to lose assets for nothing and make a habit of it and just treat players like they're disposable when you have Zach Cassian on your roster. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, like... There's a lot of decent kids, and there's just not enough space. So, I I, I think that you're gonna start to see trades. Personally, I, I I don't know how, like, how these guys are gonna be able to crack the NHL. Gunther or Michelli get moved. With how they're using them. Now they're trying to make them interchangeable, but Michelli plays phenomenal with, with Bukestad and Kraus, but they tried to replace him with Gunner, and they still kind of tried to keep that going a little bit when uh, Michelli came back. I, I feel like one of those two is it, and I know it's not going to be Gunther. I think it's going to be Gunther, Michelli, or Nick Schmaltz, but I don't know if anyone's going to take Nick Schmaltz. The problem is with how good he is when he plays, I'm surprised there is no interest if we retain. But I don't know if they're willing to retain. They should be. Because the thing is, I know there is the concern I don't think of, you oh, can. he's Keller's best friend. He's really, you know, there's a lot of chemistry with Keller. I know that concern. I get it. It is a valid concern. But with how good Michelli and Gunther have been and can be, I see them both as top sixers. I, I The first line is probably going to be when the Austin Matthews meme goes away and he's, he's you know, playing in Florida or L.A. or whatever. When that, when that meme dies out, it's probably going to be Cooley or Bedard as your first-line center. If you can keep Hayton around, he's second or third, depending on what comes up. Geeky's going to take a little bit of time to develop an NHL-level ability. He's playing well this year. I What, next year he's Tucson eligible, I think? I think so. I, I can't wait to see him in the AHL. I want to see him against higher competition. Uh, but I just I don't know how long it's going to take him to be NHL-ready. So we, we can kind of factor out Geeky for a little bit. Donor's going to probably going to stay in college. Craig was talking about how he's just enjoying college. He probably stays all four years, which would be good because someone who is a big fan of donor and works in the mold arena, it's good to have a constant presence, but you can kind of count those guys out a little bit in this discussion. Michelli and Gunner are going to be top sixers and they are, and they're going to stay that way. So who's the odd man out? I, I, Schmaltz is good, but I, I don't see him as part of the future. Same thing with Karel Vimelka. Everyone loves Karel Vimelka. I have no issues with him. I don't mind if he stays. But it's like, I, when it comes to giving that long-term contract to Vimelka, it's always been my, uh, this feels like one of those guys that plays really good for a couple of years and then drops as soon as you get that contract. Like, I'm a little weary on this one. And mm-hmm. that's just like that gut instinct. And my gut has never led me astray. Anytime I get that gut feeling, even if I look over to my left and I see no one in that lane, and I decided to hold off for another couple of seconds. There was someone in the blind spot. My gut has never let, left, led me astray. I'm sticking to that. 
So it's like, Schmalt, I don't see him as part of the future. I see him as getting bumped down to the third line. I forget which tweet I said, but I, I project him as getting bumped down to the third line, and you don't pay him that much to get on the third line. And it's nothing against him as a person or a player. I just see other players fitting in better with these roles and benefiting more from that ice time and probably getting you better, more consistent production. So you can't tell me if this idiot right here recognizes that, or at least that's my opinion, that no one else can see that as a possibility. Doesn't mean they think it's the what's going to happen. Again, they're much smarter than I am. But you can't tell me that doesn't mean that it hasn't crossed their mind with the kind of kids that are coming up. So it's like, if you can, get out from under Schmaltz. If you can get value from Vimelka, move on from him because you can get your goaltending last. And just keep the, keep trying to focus on developing the guys in your system to see what you have. Mm-hmm. Prozy has not had a season with more than, what, three games at the NHL level? Like, that, that's not yeah. enough to really see what a kid can offer. So it's like, trade Vimelka, bring up Prozy, have him and Ingram be your 1A, 1B, and have them alternate either one-in-one or two-in-ones. That way you're getting enough starts for every guy. Like, you have to know what you have, essentially. And if you can get value, get value. Because I I can see Veggie being a burnout in two years. I don't want that to happen, but that's my gut. I I can see Schmaltz losing his his first-line, second-line spot. That's my gut. So I'm like, we got some talent coming in. We're going to probably move one or two of these kids. Like, I was talking to someone at, at Mullet, and I was like, hey, the bright side about having so much, you know, they're drafting good young talent, guys like Connor Geeky, whatever. Hey, we need a right-shot defenseman. We can move Geeky. He's expendable because we have Michelli, uh, Gunner, X, Y, Z, whoever else. Like, we can, we can move that. That's not yeah. going to demolish us. We can do that. Yeah. So same thing with these guys. Like, if, if you can get some benefit... And I know Craig Morgan's a little weary on if Schmaltz has value because of the inconsistency and the injuries, but I'm like, he has to have some value somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, another team that could use him right now in a contending window, he would work better on than here because he's probably a little old to where we're going to want him to be Like when we're ready to compete for cups. Not playoffs, for cups. So I'm like, so if you can move out from him, do it. You know? Yep. Absolutely. I, I, I'm I, with you there. It, it sucks. Like, I like Nick Schmaltz. I like him as a person. I like him as a, as a player when he's playing. But ultimately, he cannot stay consistently healthy. And because of that, I think you absolutely trade him. Um, if you can. If there is if a you move can. out there. Yeah. But it's like, and he also, again, from the perspective of a team that would get him, he's providing value right now in a, in a window that you need to compete. It's like, I think he is... Literally by one or two years, it's not. It's like a hair, mm-hmm. just a little bit, you know, past where y- you want him to be for this rebuilding team, because it, it's it's it. That's how hockey is. Like it's a game of inches. It's also just a, a victim of circumstance where it's like it, you could be here in the, in the wrong spot by like a year. So I'm like, I have them projecting out. I have Cooley coming up at the end of this season or just at the start of next year. Because he already said he doesn't want to go. He only wants to have the one year in college. I don't know if they're going to convince him otherwise when he's looking at the at the, the bright lights of the NHL. And if I was 18, 19, you're like, hey, you can stay in college or you can go get paid to play in the best league ever. Um, I know what decision I'm making. Whether it's the best for my long-term success or not, I know what decision I'm making. I'm, I'm doing that. So I have him projected to play in the top six. Uh, Barrett Hayden, if he can keep playing the way he is, he can play first-line center next season. Not your 
forever franchise center, but th- that's a good, you know, second, third line center. He might, th- with how well he's playing so far, like this, this little stretch before the All-Star break, he's giving me confidence again he could be a second line center in the NHL. And if you have a guy that could be second or third, that's valuable for a team. That's good for the depth. Keep that, keep that, keep him, extend him, do what you can. I, I really think he's, he's put himself in that core. But again, then it takes another rock spot away from where else you're going to have. Let's say you get uh, Leo Carlson. I just Let's go ahead and just go off the board a little bit. Well, not off the board. I think he's ranked three or four, but off the Coyotes fans board. Yeah. All right, so Carlson, uh, let's say you just throw him on the first wing because you can have him, Keller, and Cooley, or you can have Keller, Gunner, and uh, Cooley, and then have Michelli playing with Carlson, uh, you can do a couple of things. That's still what your top six looks like, and you still were not envisioning Schmaltz there. We're not envisioning this guy there. We're not envisioning that guy there. So it's like, if you can, get some value. Yep. <laughs> you, you know? Yep. Because the bottom six is going to be McBain and Fisher on your third to fourth line, and with how well Fisher's played, I don't mind it being on the third line. Now, there's a shelf life. I don't know when that is. I don't want to think about it right now because him and Mc, I'm enjoying him and McBain playing well together. I'm just going to enjoy it and roll with it. Yep. But now you got to look at, okay, where, where are the role guys going to go? Where can we fit some guys that are going to be your fourth-line center? You know, be a glue guy. Be this guy. Where are those, like, I, I feel like in free agency, you're going to get another Bukestad type. I know Boyd's probably going to play third, fourth-line minutes. It, it was really cool to see him, like, his, his revenge tour last year, but, like, that was the shelf life one season of him playing, like, a number one center because there was always a shelf life on Travis Boyd playing like a number one center in the NHL. But you still have a solid role player in him. Do you see him being moved to a team that might need some veteran depth? I, I think you absolutely here? I think you absolutely could see him being traded. I Like, once again, going back to the need roster space for the in the NHL for these kids, like, mm-hmm. I could absolutely see him. He's 29. He's going to have one more year after this. At 1.75 million, uh, I don't think it's a trade that you're going to see at this deadline. I doubt that, but mm-hmm. next deadline, absolutely, I think you could see a uh, a trade to a contender for depth depth centerman. You know, just like Nick Buke said, mm-hmm. because if you always need that depth center, and while yes, the the Boyd first liner meme is dead, he's still a valuable player. Like say, like even like we're talking about getting rid of Schmaltz. He has value. We were talking about his value. Like those are guys that you can get value yep. for because contending teams, we can use a top six winger. Contending teams, we can use a middle six center. That hey, when he needed to, he came in and played some first line minutes, meaning he can take on additional responsibility if an injury happens because he'll have that short term window where he can step in and do it. That's how these GMs are, are going to think about it. They're not going to think, oh yeah, Boyd's going to be our number one center for the next five years. But you think about it, like that's a guy that can give us depth. Bukestead has ran with that top six, you know, second line center spot. I expected him to be a bottom six fourth liner. And he came in and showed he could still play top six. So again, you're looking at him. You're Colorado. You're whoever else. Hey, we've had some injuries this year. That's a good, that's a good guy we can throw in the lineup. He can play bottom six. He'll play productive. But X player gets hurt, God forbid, he can come in and step in and fill that role. And yeah. we only need him to do it temporarily. We're not asking him for the next five years. So it's like guys like Boyd. Uh, obviously, Bukestead, I can see Schmaltz, but at the same time, if the trade does not happen this deadline, I don't think Schmaltz is leaving for one reason. The Was it the limited no-move, or is it the 
guaranteed money or like the the contract like dollar amount goes up to where like nobody would want to acquire it because NHL contracts are still structured weird where you can get like paid more in certain years and the cap hits like the average um so for him his total salary has been pretty low so his total salary first year was three million second year was three million third year was six million fourth year was 4.5 million and then the last three years like you're talking about is a modified uh, no trade clause with uh, a cap or sorry a total salary of 7.5 million 8.45 million 8.5 million so yeah it's yeah it's backloaded (laughs) and on top of that like you're saying next year it is a modified no trade clause meaning that he hands the coyotes a a 10 team no trade list so it's like the the money you're paying him goes up the cap is is fine and teams that can afford it toronto i'm just throwing a team out there that could afford the extra yeah yeah like original six yeah original six teams don't give a crap about what the salary is that they're paying Mm -hmm. But when you're that, you know, when when you're a middling team, or a team that might be like, I'm thinking a Nashville or a Florida, where it's like you're either a smaller market or a, a pretty decent like media market. Do you really want to take on that much extra salary? Yeah, it's you, definitely you know I mean? it's definitely a factor, a hundred percent. Like so especially with the injuries, with a little bit of the inconsistency, <laughs> that's where I think Craig's probably talking about where it's like the value might not be there. Mm-hmm. I trade? if if it was me though, like I I don't care what value it is. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know Nick Schmaltz unfortunately has not stayed healthy in his career, his entire career. And uh, what's the most games played he had in the season? Wasn't it around sixty or was it uh, fifty? In Chicago, he had seventy-eight. That was his second year in the NHL. Uh, he did technically play a full season. He played the lockout shortened. Oh. 52 uh he played a full season in that so technically he does have a full season air quotes but not a full 82 it's kind of like having that 43 game you know 12 13 season it's a full season you know (laughs) yeah i i i don't know like yeah (laughs) like i say like i like dick spontz as a person but that term the injury history where he's gonna be when we're ready like it just doesn't line up it just does not make sense to me whereas you look at Clayton Keller who's two years younger 24 you know like that makes more sense so last topic to end it on mm-hmm. and this, this might be a bit of a, of a clip bait but um what about Keller I don't <laughs> think he's I, be, I don't think he's traded I, I don't <laughs> think wait, just hear me out hear me out all right and th- this is not me advocating for it I like Kells all right he might be a little too introverted to be the captain, but he's still a damn good player. And he's really coming into his own more and more, like, just consistently. This this kid's good. Yeah. But yeah. with the amount of kids we have coming in, let's just say they all develop, they all hit. And then you make the schmaltz, you're making the schmaltz trade, and Keller's a little disgruntled. Because him, Keller, or sorry, him, Boyd, and Schmaltz, say Boyd and Schmaltz are gone. He's a little disgruntled. But you have... Uh, Bedard, Cooley, Donor coming in, Geeky, you hit on that draft pick. Um, you have Michelli, Kraus, all these guys. And you're having a little bit of, again, just in, in this specific scenario, you're having a little bit of a dysfunction with Kells. Would Kells technically be disposable? I don't think so. 
<laughs> I think that, well, the problem is, is that I think that you need somebody to teach these young kids how to play in the NHL. And I think that, that Keller does, he, he's doing it the right way. Like Keller, when he first started, cheated hard on defense. Keller first started, he only looked for offense. But now Keller actually plays pretty well two ways. You know, he, he plays a respectable game. And that's something that a lot of kids need to learn. A lot of these skilled forwards that we have that are going to be coming up that, you know, need to see how it's done. And I think Keller could absolutely mentor them. Uh, you know, we, we just, for instance, uh, we saw that um, uh, Cooley, uh, he looked up to, to Keller growing up and he liked what he saw from Keller's game. So, like, that's absolutely like a great fit where you you, th you see those two guys and yeah, that line's not going to be very big, but I could see that those two just absolutely just toying with other teams offensively and potentially even defensively being pretty defensively responsible. Dude, I remember, I think it was in 2020. It, it was after the Keller's overrated video because I hated his lack of any defensive effort in his rookie or sorry, his second year. His second year, and then you also had that sophomore slump where it's like, oh, the offense is, isn't what it used to be, or it is what it was last year, excuse me, what, what it used to be is, a, is the wrong terminology. But it wasn't what it was last year, and the defensive game is absolutely just, it was awful. Like, I, it was in 2020, I noticed one play, he just, he was a bit of a rat. He was like, it was behind the plane, he was just right in, in on, on this guy's rear end, like, like lifting up his stick, trying to get involved, trying to get that puck off his stick and, and try to seal it back. And another play where he was like he was hauling it down to try to get back defensively. He had a pretty solid poke check. I'm like, can this guy play two way? Mm -hmm. is, is is he is he is he actually trying? Yeah. Where the hell was this? So it's like that is insanely valuable. That's also why Keller is your franchise guy right now. Not a franchise center, but he's still your franchise player. Yeah. My my hypo my my little thought experiment was just like if if he gets disgruntled, could you, you know afford to lose that or is he so valuable to the team and their culture you preserve him at all costs at this point um yeah I, I don't think i don't see a trade i don't see a trade at all <laughs> personally like <laughs> good cap hit good leader wants to play here that's another thing too like you, you you have to have these guys that want to play here you know let's not kid ourselves coyotes fans like Yes, we, we know that we have an, an unreal market in the terms of, like, wanting to live places. I would say Arizona is probably top three in the NHL. Um, that's just, sorry, that's the truth. Would you rather be in negative 20 degrees Celsius Winnipeg or would you rather be in, you know, 65 degree Arizona, you know, chilling on your back porch? Like, sorry, that's just the truth. But... At the same time, that's not the only thing that's just going to draw people here. You, you you have to be successful. And in order to be successful, you have to have guys like Clayton Keller on your team who advocate around the league for wanting to be here. Um, another guy who I could see it happening is uh, Gunner. I don't know. Did you did you watch the interview? Uh, Gunner was on Spit and Chicklets like a couple weeks ago. No, I, I, I very rarely, I only watch like the clips they put on. on Twitter yeah, I, I don't, biz. I don't really watch <laughs> the pod anymore, but I, I do watch when like Coyotes players and Coyotes media and whatever are on there. I'll, I'll take a listen. Um, but yeah, he was on there and uh, Biz asked him like, 
have you been talking to Connor Bedard about Arizona? And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I've been, I've been telling him, you know, how, how sick it is to live, live in Arizona. So, you know, like things like that, that, that goes long, a long distance. Cause even if Connor Bedard doesn't go to Arizona, which there's a very likely, you know, there's a higher chance that he doesn't than he does. Let's not kid ourselves here, Kyle's fans. We're optimistic. You know? We're not that yeah. optimistic. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a higher chance that he doesn't go to Arizona, and, um, but when you have teammates like that, like Gunner, who's talking to him about it, and you know that's that's that goes that travels through the league. When Connor Bedard comes into the league, you know he's not going to look at Arizona like potentially how other you know superstars look at Arizona. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that I know anything, but I'm just saying, like, maybe Connor McDavid, you know, that the 2015 year is like, thank God I didn't get drafted to Arizona. I hate Arizona or, you know, whatever. But like mm-hmm. when you have more people spreading the gospel, <laughs> you you, uh, you you get a better you get a better look at Arizona. It's just a more to elaborate on that as one more like one last little thought experiment. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, again, when, when I, I told you that, you know, I, I had that source that that told me straight up where Wright wanted to go. I'm still not spoiling that. That's I want to keep that confidential. But the mm-hmm. fact that I was able to confirm he had no interest in playing in Arizona, that was the exact quote I got. It wasn't from like right, like right out of Wright's mouth that I have no interest. Like I guess this exact quote, but like he made sure to tell me it's like he has no interest, which tells me they probably. He probably threw it out there, and the guy he probably like laughed at it because like, why would you want to go to Arizona? All right, so yeah. we're just go. We're going to characterize right here, based off of that, as someone who looks down on the market. It could be because of a bias, a Canadian bias. It could be because he just doesn't, you know, like warm weather. He thinks the franchise is garbage. Whatever. All right, we're we're gonna characterize him like that for the purpose of this experiment. What if that is so common that Bedard thinks this market is garbage? Then you have this insanely talented kid that's on your gold medal winning team with you. All right. And, and Bedard does not seem like the kind of kid that's like super malicious or anything. He seems like a genuinely like good kid. But we're going to characterize him like this for the purpose of this. Oh, Arizona, that, that, that garbage market. Mm-hmm. He's practicing with Gunner. They're getting some chemistry on the line. You know, they start playing some games. And Gunner's just constantly talking about how nice it is. Oh, yeah, you know, we get to go, you know, Scottsdale's really nice, or the weather's amazing. We get to go golfing here or there. It looks like he doesn't like golfing. Yeah, a bunch of stuff you can do, like laser tag or, or mini golfing or X, Y, Z. Just keeps going over stuff you can do in Arizona and how, you know, kick-ass it is to be here. Yeah, we're playing in a college town, so on days off, I, I like to go hang out around the around the college. Or I go, you know, I, I go hang out. Uh, maybe not at Milav yet because he's 19, but you you know how 18, 19, 20-year-old kids are. But, you know, hey, it's really fun to be around here. Like, Then you, you get guys like Bedard that, hey, Arizona sucks. Maybe he doesn't suck that much. Oh, may, you know, maybe, you know, if, if I get drafted by Dallas or whatever, you know, when we go to Arizona, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll hang out, you know, for, you know, the, the day after if we have a day off or something. Or maybe throughout the summer I'll, I'll go down there for a couple of days and check it out. Yeah, maybe we can all go hang out. Yeah. Okay. So it starts with guys like Bedard, one of the best you know talents right now available in this upcoming draft. Then he starts talking to guys. You get a couple extra guys that are going. Then you get that that grassroots, that genuine grassroots, like good word of mouth. Like this is the difference between this video game selling a hundred thousand copies and six million. This is the difference between this movie bombing and making a massive profit. It's like that kind of grassroots campaign, and then. 
along with the Coyotes trying to get that, that management more consistent, with the Coyotes trying to run things better, getting that team turned around, in five years, six years, seven years, the kid's coming up, oh, yeah, I would, I would love to play in Arizona. So, like, let's say Bill Armstrong is interviewing all these guys. Let's say all three of those players are drafted in the first round. We're the only guys of the first 40 players that said, I do want to play in Arizona, just for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. Maybe next time it's five guys in the first 32 or 40. Then it could be eight, and you keep growing it from there. So it's like I think yep. that's insanely valuable, and we need more guys like Gunner. Gunner for captain. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, it, that's like you're saying, that's how it starts. And, you know, a perfect example of this is <laughs> just look at um, – <coughs> excuse me. Just look at um, uh, in uh, basketball. Oh my God, I'm trying to blank. California Golden State Warriors. Like that team was <laughs> laughably bad, and nobody wanted to play for the Golden State Warriors forever. And then Steph Curry comes in, and it's like, yo, this this team's kind of sick. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of other guys come in, and it's like. Okay, we have something here, and then they just start winning championships, and now everybody wants to be, you know, the Golden State Warriors have turned themselves into a legitimate franchise. Even though I remember, you know, the the ten fifteen years ago, that team was a joke. You know, it was. And uh, they built it the right way. Another yeah. thing you could share in common with the Coyotes, they built it the right way. Mm-hmm. Everyone, and I, I think a lot of the criticism is valid on KD. Not all of it, but I think a lot of it is. But it's like. You you were good enough that you 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 won it legitimately that that one time I think you, well, it was two finals legitimate finals people call it yeah with that rebuilt team one of them was a championship you had enough clout and and turned this franchise around so well you got the biggest free agent mm-hmm. to say I'm going there and you won two more in th- out of the next three finals appearance I think it was I, I think it was three total. Then you win another one last year. So it's like four. That mm-hmm. franchise will never be looked at the same. Yep. Now, if the next 30 years are garbage, we will have an, a generation of people saying how garbage that franchise is. All right. But for the next like you know, 10, 15, 20, maybe even 30 years, even if they're just good, maybe win one more championship in the next 10 years, 20 years, they'll still be seen as a good team, a good franchise, a good place you can go and play. Whereas like, not to pick on Sacramento, but they're picked on a lot. Whereas, like, Sacramento, a lot of guys, maybe I don't want to go there. They don't really have that much success. Oh, hey, Golden State and Sacramento are offering me, you know, contracts. Well, Golden State, that that's going to be a bigger name. Even if it's five, six years, ten years down the line, they're still going to have more prestige than Sacramento, barring Sacramento having a similar, you know, yep. path as Golden State. But just so you can have that perspective right now. You're gonna be your eyes are gonna light up when Golden State offers you a contract. You might be a little abrasive to the idea of going to Sacramento. Same thing with the Coyotes, and the Coyotes are offering you a contract versus the Boston Bruins. It's like mm-hmm. your eyes are gonna light up. Wait, an original six team wants me, or even to an extent, you could argue like if you're if you're a Canadian boy, you grew up in Ottawa. Oh, my hometown team or Ottawa wants me or the, the capital of Canada, their team wants me to play there if you're a Canadian kid. Or, you know, if you're, hey, you're from the big city. Oh, my God, the Rangers want me to play there? Like, your eyes will light up because yep. of the market or the prestige or their original six or they've had all this success and they've built themselves up. Whereas Arizona, as much as I will always have a flaming passion for this team in this market, I was born here. Yep. I grew up loving this team. All right? 
you're not going to have that if you're from Wisconsin or Manitoba or Switzerland. So, like, you have to make this market more appealing, and I think it starts there. And good on you, Gunner. I was already going to get a Gunther jersey as soon as I can get a not-Adidas uh, white Kachina customized because, damn, that, that price is starting to kill me getting to customize Adidas. But, like, Gunner is already valuable on the ice, and it looks like he's putting in the work off the ice. So, who knows? The, yep. Again, if we can get five, six, seven people say I want to play in Arizona of the top 32 – Keep building. Go from there to where, like, we don't have another Blake Wheeler. We don't have another guy that's like, I don't want to be there. Like, we we don't ever want to have that again. So you have to keep building so that way you're like any other team. Uh, you know, you're like the Islanders. Any If anyone gets drafted by the Islanders, unless you're like a hardcore Rangers or Devils fan growing up or whatever, you're going to be like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to a good team. Like, you're not going to think about, oh, that team's kind of trash. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to cut us off there. We have uh, gone over the hour mark, so I, I think it's time. So, uh, you know, if you liked what you listened to, please give us a like, a follow, a subscription on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And be sure to check us out on YouTube. That is uh, Desert Moon Hockey on YouTube where you can find all of our podcasts and including short little clips from the podcast as well, which are pretty fun. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much What's for watching. Up, what? My wife got me this you. couple years ago, so I'll wear it as like an undershirt sometimes. You. It's funny you, it's funny you brought tell, that up. Tell, tell the listeners what you're wearing. Uh, I'm not going to tell them. They, oh, you, can watch okay. the, you can watch the podcast <laughs> for the nip slip. There you go. <laughs> you, you're going to have to go to the video to see what he was wearing. It may or may not have been a tutu. So, uh, it might have been a... A banana hammock. A little bit. (laughs) All right. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.